to the first episode of this ongoing podcast that will be called Popcorn Profile. Uh, I'm Sam, I'm joined to the left of me, even though you can't see, is Becca and and Brun. Hello. And what we're basically going to do, like the whole basic premise of this podcast, is to sort of take a focus on a director. It'll be a different pick once we go, we finish the turn. So I pick this first one, which will be S. Craig Zeller. Um, who is the director of like Bone Tomahawk and Bronze of Mountain and Drag Just Concrete? So there's three movies, thought keep it simple. And basically, the idea is to take turns in picking these directors and then go through all their movies. Each episode will be a discussion on the films and what we thought, and anything particularly liked about it, anything particularly noticed, and a general discussion about films because we like movies. Yeah. I think, that's it. I think that's fair to say. That's fair. No. That's very, very fair. Um, so, first film that he did that we're going to talk about is. Get me the normal. That just sounds like a dog. On the couch. I mean, it's very well. I was just start going. So it's better than that. Yeah, no, anything is better than that. <laughs> so, Dog Pat on the Couch is. Quantum Hawk. Which was his first feature film, mm-hmm. uh, and do uh, the MDB guy, and it came out rough. It was either the year before or the year after the Hateful Eight. It came and out very close because uh, Bone Tomahawk came out in twenty fifteen. Yeah, that was, that was and I believe that. the Hateful Eight. Twenty sixteen. The same year. Same year. Twenty fifteen. Okay, that's talking shit. Um, so it must have been either. Immediately <laughs> called out. Yeah. Couple, couple of months apart, I'd imagine. I don't know the exact. Well, I remember. I remember when this was getting advertised. Um, like one of the time, Hateful Eight was coming out as well. Is like it's also got Kurt Russell in it, mm. and Hateful is also pretty good. Very different. Um, See, that's the thing is that I I never saw any advertisements for this film as well, at all. Yeah. Like I I had never heard of Bone Tomahawk. I'd heard people talk about it afterwards, like years later. Mm-hmm. But I'd never seen any advertisements. I remember seeing trailers for Hateful Eight. And I remember around the time the Hateful Eight was getting advertised, there was a big like Kurt Russell craze because then he did like a Christmas film where he played Father Christmas, like Santa. Dude, Claus. that was like last year. That's oh, not, was that last? That year? was last year. That was oh, like, wow. I mean, like a time paradox then yeah, or something. You're not that old. I feel old. <laughs> I but I just remember there being like there was definitely a um, sort of like a, a, a Kurt Russell craze around the time. Getting mad, uh, mad hot for Kurt. Yeah. I'm just trying he's been like a big fan for years anyway like I only saw stuff for the minute surprisingly recently I saw Death Proof the first time like two years ago where he played Stuntman Mike which he's just yucking up in that he's having fun mm. and then I saw him in The Thing which is I love that's my favourite role of his it's just Mac I always think of it where he's playing chess and he just pours the, the, the whiskey he's like Jean bitch but you can't not talk about the infamous Big Trouble in Little Chuck. Yeah. I was going to leave that to you because like, what we do is that we kind of have like a movie night that we kind of do every yeah. every week, week, two weeks. And the first one you picked was Big Trouble Little Chuck, which I had never seen. Yeah. Which is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful movie. Um, I don't know beautiful is the right word. Oh, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's everything. Like, there is, there is no 
boring downtime in that movie at all, in my opinion. Oh, no, it's great. It's I, great. I, I, it's great. <laughs> I'm from start to finish. There but is, we might be getting off topic. Yes. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Um, and, like, I only knew that he'd done these two Western movies, but he did another one called Tombstone. Yes. Is, is, he, he, is he the main? He, he, he did a film in the early 90s called Tombstone, in which he played a gentleman. It's based on true events, actually. He played a... Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? can't remember his name right now okay it's fine but was he good or was he bad it was really good because it also okay. it had um what's his name uh guy from aliens game over man i can't remember his actor's name at the top of my head at the moment. I aliens all the way Ooh, uh, game over guy. yes that guy uh it, also, it had it, the cast was really good michael b uh Bine was in it bean Bine. michael bean michael Behin was in it um oh there was the cast was just really good in that film what the watch yes so um funny thing with was um back on topic yeah back on topic um one thing was other is that our first exposure boom was uh i had like i think a day before like a couple years ago i love this story yeah um oh should i, should I do it now or should i save it no just say it now okay right so was a, there was a film that he did Called Brawl and Cell of Night Nine. The second film. Second film. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, prison, prison drama action starring Vince Vaughn. And I was like, what the, f- what? And then saw so a couple of decent reviews from like people like like um I I watched Stockman's review on it. He he gave it a big thumbs up. And then read a couple of reviews online. I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, Bruin. We, we, I came over years to we're gonna watch movies anyway. Mm-hmm. We watched that in Perfect Blue, which is ooh, that's quite the yeah. that's quite definitely Um, and then. We were watching it, and it's quite like it's it's a slow burn. Very uh, slow burn. It's not like Mario Cross Concrete, but we'll uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're doing subtitles, just enter like hateful flair from Ben. <laughs> yeah. When you mention it. Yeah. No, we'll do audio descriptive. <laughs> so it's just a mess. That's what I mean. It'll be a mess. So it's like you just have like light whispering in the background of the actual yeah, audio. Sounds like a noir. Yeah. It'd be good, but but yeah, uh, the problem that like it, Brawl had as as we said slow pace and then very we, and then we went to the shops because you were like I need food yes and we, you were, and you were like how long is the movie is what, it like Brawl two hours and five minutes it's just a bit shorter than yeah because we made it to about exactly halfway through basically before he was gonna go to jail yes and then I was you were like let's go get food and you were like I'm not feeling I think we should stop I was like I was like I think we should stick with it yeah you definitely gave me that little push. In which um, you were sort of like, let's give it at least another 30 minutes. I said, wait till he gets to jail. Yes. Said, Once he's in jail, I'll be getting the first fight. Because you hadn't seen this film either, had you? No, but I had faith in the reviews. I was like, I've heard this goes places. Because I know from what I got that Tyler likes, uh, he likes the genre match. Yeah. Because that inter- cause if I definitely, like, knowing looking back now, if it wasn't for that intermission, I know I wouldn't have enjoyed the second half of that film as much as I do. Yeah. I look back on it now with good, good like, memories. But that's like such a slow burner to start yeah. with, and comparing it to this film as well, no, I, I, I was hooked into Bone Tomahawk like from the get go. From the start, yeah. Well, like the first shot of the film is like well, first of all, we should probably just be like, what did what did you think of it, Becca? It was alright. Yeah. What did you think of it? I it's definitely his. I've seen all three of his films. It's definitely the best. It's, my, your, it's your favorite. It's my favorite. 
Yeah. Um, I thought it was great as well. Yeah, he, he the way he films and the way that he writes his characters because he, he he writes and directs most like he, I think he's only written and directed all the films he's done so far, hasn't he? Uh, I, I think he's been producer and stuff. He's got I think he's got some writing credits and other stuff. Yeah. I looked at his Wikipedia before we started, so I mean, yeah. Um, he, he the way he writes characters is definitely more beneficial towards western. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, he's written like two books that are westerns. So I feel yeah. like if, like. Like we've but all three of us I would say we had a couple of issues with Joke across concrete, but we'll get into that. But like <laughs> again, just I'll do a little, another yeah, another hateful glare from Becca. <laughs> Becca stares off into the distance. There's hate in her eyes. Uh, or just like a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> you you okay over there? <laughs> Can we stop that one trying to cross concrete? <laughs> um, yeah, so which would probably mean, like, because if he's used to world building in westerns, then he's kind of like, you know, he gets the idea of how it works. And they've been, they're apparently really good, they're pretty good books. Apparently, one of his books that he'd written prior to this, I had the name of it, but somewhere, uh, but apparently it's like, in terms of like violence and crazy shit that happens, it's like 10 times worse than Bull Tomahawk. Mm, right. Um, but, like, as someone that's not seen a lot of westerns, I wouldn't say I'm big. Like any Western guy, I'm uh, a big Western guy. Yeah. Um, and we and 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 what what your what's your relationship with westerns? I don't like westerns. They're like my least yeah. favorite genre. So I feel there's a what good pick to start. I feel like there's a good yeah. There's a good balance here. There's, there's the person who so no uh, yes yes <laughs> I've seen Sorry, I've seen again. no uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've I've seen a lot of westerns. Uh-huh. You've seen I've seen I've seen the Tarantino I've seen the Tarantino westerns, the Coen's remake of Two Grit, and this. Yeah, and you've seen like two. two. One of them being a full film, the other one being two halves of yeah. two separate films. Yes. So there's definitely a good balanced divide yeah. here. As well as like yeah. like for like, from a, just a general western standpoint basing Bone Tomahawk on the whole like just standard of what a western should be uh-huh. it filled it very well yeah. it was very enjoyable I was very disappointed I thought you were going to say the quote on the box it's the best western since Unforgiven <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who wrote that but very very controversial uh, <laughs> I've not seen Unforgiven comment too. Unforgiven is a very good western okay um, but uh, we're, no, we're, we're, we're yeah. getting off topic <laughs> <laughs> Apo- you guys need to focus. Yeah, I know. So you didn't even finish the brawl story, by the way. So we get on it, and then you like. This is gonna be a ramble. Should should we restart? Or should no, we keep? No, let's keep going. Let's keep, keep going. going, but right. just stop distracting each other. Yes. Yeah. So brawl. We watched we, brawl. We went. We went back after you picked up from the shops. From the shops, and then just we got fight scene after fight scene, and it's just like. What the fuck? Yeah, it was. It, the, the, <laughs> it like, goes to a ten. It it was a complete tonal shift, mm. and so he's very good. Again, very good. It's very similar to Bone Tomahawk. There was a complete tonal shift halfway to, if not too near the end of the film, and that's what saved Brawl for me. Yeah, it's very much less so in Dragged, but Bone Tomahawk has it closer to the end, whereas Brawl is like dead on center of the film. Maybe yeah. a bit after. Total different movie. Well, I think I think I've, I've seen Brawl twice, and I think um, like 
I feel like it's better on the second viewing. Mm-hmm. I think Bone Tomahawk was also better on the second viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, um, like, out of his films, like, I, I literally yesterday, I was like, I like Bone Tomahawk more. And I'm like, no, actually, Brosberg, I can't make my mind up between the two. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it, you notice new stuff every time you, like, second viewing of Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I talked telling you this uh, the other day, in which that, that shocked you. Sean Young is in Bone Tomahawk. The, 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 the actress Sean Young plays uh, Rachel, for who's, anyone who's not aware, plays the character Rachel in Blade Runner, who is also the, um, another, uh, <laughs> not as famous role as Blade Runner, but also quite famous. She was also the um, trans, the transgender police chief in the first Ace Ventura film. So in case you wanted to know. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, it was just really, really good to see Sean Young acting again because, if I'm honest, I've they're the only two. I mean, it was like I've a small seen. cameo, but like oh yeah, but it was a nice little cameo. Yeah. Um, but like yeah. Anyway, so let's let's get started. So, Bon Tom Hawk generally, I'd say as a genre, but like like the genres I put down was like western slash cannibal movie slash grindhouse film. Mm. Like um, I said, like I, I watched a couple of reviews after like watching it, and they're like people being like compared to like cannibal holocaust and stuff like that, or like sort of like um, like horror movies. Um, and one thing like I, like I, old retro gore up grindhouse, ta- so yeah. classic sixties like Planet Terror esque kind of stuff. Yeah, even though I came out, I was like a animal. Like, what was it? Zom- was it zombie holocaust or animal holocaust? Cannibal holocaust. Cannibal holocaust was that Italian film from the seventies or something? Wasn't it banned? If I remember correctly, I just I just know about it and yeah. it's pretty damn gory and like. Um, but yeah, the genre. The, speaking of yeah, Becca made a really good point on her viewing, in which whilst viewing it, she turned to me and said, "I didn't know this was a horror movie." No, actually, I paused and turned to you and said, "You didn't tell me this was the love child of Predator and Hills of Eyes." <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, was that just like the first part where the sort of trouble didn't show up? No, this was like when they were captured. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll explain that more. But it's it's got it's definitely going back to the point. It's definitely got like this. It's not just a western. It has different parts of it that are like, especially near the end, that are you can be that can be seen as horror slash gore fest. Well, there's one bit stigma we get to, but I literally had to like I was literally watching it, and I I, I I'm not the best with like sort of um. Like weird gore video games, fine because I'm like it's graphics and pixels, and I was literally the thing I was watching. I was like that, ah, my hands. I was like, mm, not like it, no, no. I think it's I think it's just the graphicness of the scene, as well. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's it's brutal. Um, there was one that I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this, and it's when he takes like the whistly thing oh, and that- puts it in his mouth. Oh, that was nasty. Aside from that, I was like, oh, I'm really into this. But that was the one that I was like, mm, nah. No. <laughs> the rest of it I was fine with. Oh, that's, that's after Debbie Nick and yeah, fatalities. I was, I, I was fine with the fatality. I wasn't fine with him putting oh. weird throat things in his mouth. Yeah. What is this? that? I'm just assuming it's like a, sort of like a bone from like an animal. Yeah. yeah. Sorts. Do they just like it into their own throats? Or? They had to dig it out. And then, oh, I like the little touches of that scene because if you notice, <laughs> I know it's the second time viewing. Maybe they inserted it. Maybe they were born with it. 
Ghosts. But maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> um, this this podcast is not sponsored by Maybelline. Um, the one thing I did notice second time viewing is after he blows into it, you can see the built-up blood that's inside the tubing actually oh, spurt out from yeah. either side. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, and like, I, like most most uh, no, even most gore fest horror films, which stick is gore and you know like to kill people in the most gory and brutal ways don't even have that small attention to detail so it was very like you know what i mean it's like yeah. no. what, what do you mean are, are you being in a kind of a way of like because like if i think kind of holocaust and stuff like that and i hear the clips of it it is just like sort of super violence and there's no really any like i feel like what we're about with the characters like with sage like um with the sheriff and O'Dwyer and like Chicory and then going off and doing stuff they have actual characters and they actually mm. do stuff and they act relatively rational in all the situations that they're in and there's actual thought put out as the being like the camera holocaust let's just put shitloads of violence on screen for a gore fest and try yeah. and get stuff done whereas like there's a, like a sort of thought you think there's a sort of more elaborate thought process on how the film goes yeah like it's it, like there's a lot of films out there from my person from what I've seen that gore ups in which there's loads and loads of gore, okay, and it's progressive throughout the film. In this, I, I just found it. What is it like? I don't know what the word is. It's like, I, I felt like it was kind of like nice attention to detail, basically. In which in this small, small, the word, but... yeah, in this small little gore <laughs> scene, <laughs> you did the sound effect again. Well, like the gun, like the blood go. Yeah, because like I've seen, like I've seen gore films and horror films, as I said earlier, mm. in which they don't have that small attention to detail on something so, like that. It's usually they just cover it in blood, do you, do you and like it's like they dunk it in a bucket, and that's it. Do you have a like specific example? Because you're just you say you see lots of gore ups. Yeah, you're comparing like one small scene to a whole genre. That doesn't really vibe. Saw. In the saw films. <laughs> Saw. No, I can't really think of yeah. one right now. The bit where he do the leg off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, really? I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I was really going with that tangent yeah. on it. You just like it with the blood. I just like the attention <laughs> to detail with the blood going. That's all you need to there say. You don't need to say it on like in horror films of which I've seen. Oh, well, no, I, just feel, I, I just felt like that from that one scene. I enjoyed that bit of like, ooh, gore. Okay. More than like films in which are... Like for example, so saw. the weird neck thing also affected you more than the guy getting. Did it? No, it didn't affect me more. No, 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 no. I just saw that movie. Ooh, and it was just a little, which um, I was more like, that's nice. Wait, it was nice what? effects, nice practical effects. I don't think the words nice. <laughs> yeah, were you like ooh, or were you like ooh? No, I was you watch. I was more you like, like, and you're like no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I do recollect them saying that when we was watching it. I was, I would say, I was more accurate to. So he blew in it, and then I went, "Oh, that was cool, like that." <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not worried. <laughs> this is the best fucking segue into I've ever heard. So, what's next on your list? Oh, uh, the first scene. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be a mess. <laughs> first scene. It's fine. First one wrong. Um, but like, I feel like, like you get the tone from the film like straight away because you kind of get the opening credits and then you hear a fly buzzing, which has been a oh, fucking good sign of like this isn't gonna be a nice, lovely film. Oh yeah, there was a fly 
fucking pussy. What is it? Yeah, and then the first thing you see is a like, dude get his throat slit by a bunch of like, basically just, I don't know, bandit or whatever yeah. he is, uh, played by David Arquette. Thank you, I forgot his name. Uh, um, who I've not seen act. <coughs> In several, I've not seen them since the film Eight Legged Freaks. Do any of you remember that film? Yeah, I never watched it. Yeah. I hate. I, I, I really. I don't know why I watched it. Why the I, fuck did you watch it? I thought you were going to say Scream, so it's like. A I know he was in Scream, reference. but I've, I've not. I've not seen any. Worst Scream film. No, not none of the sequels to Scream. He's in the original. Is he? I don't remember him in the original. Yeah. I've not seen the original in so long. He's. He's the cop of all of them. See, whenever I think of Scream, I always think of Scary Movie and the parody they did of it. So I get confused with a lot of the characters. But also, his... Uh, anyway, he was the real hero. His, his partner, who was there in the scene, was uh, the, the actor Sid Haig. Um, like, the only thing I know about Sid, that's only because I watched the Red Letter Media review, was that he's in a lot of Rob Zombie films. He is, yeah. Um, he basically... I've I've never I've heard of him before. I don't think I've ever seen him acting anything. But there is one specific image which just completely, as soon as I saw, I was like, oh, I know who he is. I've seen that photo loads of times. It's uh, that one there. Uh, for clarity of I don't for, know what, I don't know what that for is for the audience. Um, it's a gentleman with a giant clown outfit on, who's bald and got a beard. And I believe it's from the film. Let me just double check. House of a Thousand Corpses. So I've I've never seen that film. I've seen images of it. So it's more specifically yeah. Sid Haig's character. But um, yeah, it was. I I recognised him instantly for some reason. Again, I don't know how. I've not seen him in anything. But I was like, oh, I know who that is. He looks familiar. So. But the first thing they do, it's like the most stereotypical opening ever. They slit these guys' throats and then they they walk through an Indian burial ground. And then it's like um, I, w- I was like quite disengaged at that point. I'm like, because you're like one of these. You're like we go with one of them stereotypes. Okay. And then the whistle started, and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> what is this? What is this shit? Um, but then I always think of like um, like them going through it. And he's like, we got per- like it's this ultimate stereotype of like um, it's like we ain't got permission to be here, man. We got permission. Points to go up in the air, and it tells like we're yeah. civilized people. Start scratching his crotch with his gun ridiculous stereotype nonsense and then he basically gets gutted in the background and then we get the opening um and then we kind of get to Bright Hope which is like the most ironic name for a town in this fucking movie yeah. ever and then we kind of get right to Arthur O'Dwyer this is O'Dwyer who's played by Patrick Wilson who the only thing I had seen him in I'm pretty sure prior to this was Insidious was it Insidious? Mm. yeah Insidious I keep getting mixed between then Sinister but Sinister Ethan Hawke um you get kind of their relationship and I know that Mrs. O'Dwyer ends up being a sort of stereotypical like well not really stereotypical she ends up being kind of a damsel in stress at the end of it kind of but less of like a, oh what was me help me yeah I mean in an understandable way like, yeah you know captured by cannibals who literally have eaten people in front of you is a bit more understandable as to why you'd stay there and not try and leave yeah. as opposed to like you know she was captured by like other cowboys. Yeah. Which is a bit more easy to run away from other than like you're in the yeah. spark and they're gonna eat you if you try and run the Also, up. At the end, she walks back home in those heels that she was wearing. Not a good move. Shout out to Mrs. O'Dwyer. <laughs> She'd do it. She'd do it well. 
Uh, and then we get like, but like that town's like nothing. It's like such a like even like by like quiet town standards. It's like yeah. the only person that goes in the bar is Bruder, who might be my favorite. John Bruder, who might be my favorite character. In this. I think he's secretly gay. What John Bruder? Yeah. You you think it's just from that sort of like smart men don't get married quip? Yeah, <laughs> and like the whole time, um, Mister O'Dwyer kept being like, "Don't don't you be flirting on my wife," and then. Like Bruder kept flirting on O'Dwyer, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the end? He gets there, and it's Bruder and O'Dwyer together in the end. Oh, such goals. Oh man, but he's great. I'm like, is it Matthew Fox? Yeah, Matthew Fox. Bruder, um, famously known for Lost, the TV show. I heard he was, like, like. I thought there was going to be more to that list. So did I. <laughs> But like I was like he's great in this. I think he's like I love how he's like such he's he's such a prick. But like yeah, but he's on the level. You don't want him to die. Yeah, because he's like a like he is a likable character. He's got charisma. But then there's some scenes where you're like you need to die, and then you're like the next thing you're quite happy you didn't. Yeah, like one of my favorite bits is when he's arguing with the whole camp, and it's like um I can't, you know what, I can't actually pick it's either Bruder or Chicory. I just like Richard Jenkins. Chicken. Right, he's an absolute sweetheart. <laughs> but dance, he's an absolute sweetheart. Can we, can we just, can we yeah. just take a moment to appre- appreciate Richard Jenkins as a good boy, as a great actor? Because <laughs> if you think about it, like majority of his career, he's, he's the Sandman. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time I was ever introduced to him was um, in uh, Step Brothers. You know that Will Ferrell yeah. movie, and he's pretty good in that. Yeah. <laughs> Despite and then um, it was uh, after that, it was Cabin in the Woods. Oh God, yeah, he's one of the guys that works at the, the yeah. facility. Um, and then I can't remember anything else he was in for a long time. And then I next saw him again in Shape of Water, and I just thought, wow, he's just great in this film. He's just yeah. fantastic character. Just great. He just eats up the role. See, no, so here's the here's the thing. Cause I remember watching this, and I was kind of. Sorry, he was also secretly gay. Yeah, oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fun. Coincidentally. Is this just what we want from our movies? It's just uh, secret gay romances. <laughs> In for our, our movies, we want actual gay romances, but we have to deal with secret gay romances right now. <laughs> I mean, it's a western. It's all very masculine. <laughs> but like, um, I, th- I think that was another thing where I was like, okay, Bon Tomahawk might be a, se- a, a sleeper hit for you. And the sole fact that it's just like, I know you guys have a soft spot for Shane Water and Richard, Richard Jenkins is just Richard Jenkins and he's great. Um, but you know he tries his hardest and he actually does pretty well he does not bad yeah. um, like I love that bit where he just sort of walks in the first time he introduced to Sheriff Hunt as well and he just like uh, just like you brew tea Sheriff and he's like no it's soup and he's like oh that smells a lot better now that I know it's soup and they're just sitting eating soup and he acts like the problem himself I think we all need to start saying the phrase it's the official opinion of the backup deputy yeah <laughs> it's the official opinion of the backup deputy his, his character is just Right. He's great. He's he's like he's lovable. He's he's a bit dopey. Means well. Like I just think of that bit where he's like talking to O'Dwyer. No, he's talking to no, not O'Dwyer. He's talking to Bruder, and he's like, um, but you get that thing about Bruder and like the reason he hates his vendetta against the Americans, and he's just like, uh, he's like, um, he's like, ask my, he's like, ask my mother and my sister. He's like, I never met your mother and sister. No, you did not. Oh, were they killed by Indians? Yes, they were. <laughs> he's just he's just not picking it up. One main thing I would give this film is that it's quite good at its characters and it's real good with the character relationships. I agree. 
Um, the one that stood out for me was like with Bruder and Chicory is that earlier on when they first introduced the, like Scope, the German. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, can, can I borrow it? And Bruder's like, no, <laughs> get lost. And then later on, he's like, can I have a look? And then now the answer is, yes, I've seen you operate. Yeah. And it's completely, pretty much off screen, we don't see him operate. Yeah. We see nothing of that. And But it tells you everything you need to know about Chicory, how he operates, and the relationship between them. Yeah. Well, I actually think you do see him operate, because I think Chicory has his like, own... Um, he's got his own, he's not, got, he's not got the German. He's not got the German. But he's... I, I, Oh wait, have I completely misinterpreted that? Yeah, line? he means operate by literally operate on O'Dwyer. Like oh, I see. I thought he was meaning like operate because I know because there's a lot of um, old timey like Western yeah. frontier speech in this. I think one of the lines that I've got, I've got quite a few. I've got like you know like stuff like where he's like says to the bartender, "What are you doing with my breakfast?" or any more opium you'll spill from the cell. Yeah. Uh. But, but yeah, it was like that. I never really thought he meant more literally, like the operation yeah. of him operating on um, Patrick Wilson. That's another thing that, that totally gets underlooked up until you get to the point where O'Dwyer needs his life does. And Chickory was a he was a he was a war medic in the Civil War, and he's very good at it. And to the point where like O'Dwyer is able, to, I mean, he leaves him opium so he can get through it, but he's able to hobble back and then take out all the troglodytes. Um. And then, um, but no, that, I love, that's one of my favourite things of the whole film, is just seeing everyone sort of relationship coming out and we get pulled apart. But I do love it when it's like, um, like the point where like Liv, who also shares your opinion on Drive Across Concrete, yeah. was like doing us and sat and watched quite a bit of uh, Von Tom and she's like, this is great, I actually yeah. really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the characters' relationship in this and I can't wait to talk about Drive Across Concrete because I don't <laughs> understand how the same man can make both films. This is, can you see why I was so excited to this see it and then it was kind of like, uh I just think it's down the fact that he's used to writing westerns and he's just not he's stuck in the time um but so anyway yeah they go to town uh the drift at the start shows up kills uh while still doesn't have a drink he's seen by chicory as the official pain in the back of deputy hunt should go and have a look and see what's going on yeah. seeing as he was someone like digging stuff away and then going into town gave his name his buddy and then hunt shoots him in the leg because tries to run away and then put in the cell Mrs. O'Dwyer who is also a doctor um, goes to operate in the leg and then the troglodytes at the start of the film come and basically kidnap the culprit uh, buddy in quotation marks and then yeah they kidnap David Arquette they kid- kidnap Mrs. O'Dwyer and they also kidnap the official deputy Nick. deputy of Sheriff Hunt yeah deputy Nick yeah and then the rest of the film is kind of them. They also kill that stable hand boy as well. And Buford's really, really... Yeah, Buford stable boy just eats it super hard. Oh, yeah. And it was really quick. Yeah. And then you find out that like, the troglodytes are kind of like incest cannibals who live in the mountains that Native Americans are like... They don't, the Native Americans don't even want anything to do with them. Yeah. Because they've got a, a Native American representative who lives in town. He's, he's a doctor. Oh, is he a doctor? He's a scientist. Oh, uh, okay. Professor. Professor, there we go. Professor. That's a great word. 
he found out about the Troglodytes and then they were like gonna go do it and like oh Dwyer I'll say this like props to having the main character basically the lead well like Hunt I say Hunt and O'Dwyer are like equally the lead um, but props to O'Dwyer basically being in a cast <laughs> like having a prop leg for the whole movie as like a mm. sort of the character because that couldn't have been easy to do mm. um, yeah. especially if they had like they had they, they filmed it in three weeks and everything was like in two or three takes yeah which I think they're fair. like Patrick Wilson there's some scenes in the film like later on when he's by himself where most other actors that have like a, a debilitation with them that you know they've got broken arm broken leg or something like that or you know an injury or some kind they, they definitely ham it up with the pain it's believable yeah his is believable because he's like he's definitely powering on a bit but you can see just from his body language and he doesn't even say like oh this is painful he's just grunting in his facial expressions you can definitely tell this definite discomfort his leg yeah. is in pain well I quite like the fact again this could just be me reading too much into it but I like the fact that it's like uh, I thought it was everyone I know there's just Buddha that calls me like take it easy cowboy and I always think like that's just him alluding him to be the sort of lead at the end so, but the, the cowboy that saves the day kind of thing mm, maybe um, as like a little I never friend. thought of it like that yeah know. that's I think that's the one thing where I'm like dude mm. I did movie good um, but yeah and then basically the rest of the film is them sort of setting off and then you see the sort of relationship between the characters and I like the fact it's like it's not like nobody knows each other everyone already knows each other and yeah. you kind of just see their stuff develop and again I think I went to back I think that's the strongest part of the film is the, the characters and the way they interact because mm. I feel like they all act quite reasonable in all the given scenarios like there's a part where like O'Dwyer laughs out at Bruder to which point then Bruder doesn't hit him back he gets that he's mad and then O'Dwyer apologises as he's going to get his leg done because he's like it's that, a fit yeah. like I want my wife back <laughs> that's after the point where uh, where Bruder shot the two Mexicans yeah and I love that scene because it was, it was the next day and it was uh, Chicory's character that said the great line um, oh. Mr. Bruder just educated two Mexicans on the meaning of manifest de- uh, destiny yeah it's a good line it's a great line I think that, uh, it's, it's, uh, you never hear that ever I've never heard anyone like shoot two people and then go oh what happened oh you just got educated and it's, it's such a great western line it's like you're surprised you don't hear it in other westerns as well yeah well, we got it in this one at least. So, and then we got like, like there's other things that I quite like where you get stuff that happens sort of off screen. Like there's a bit where Bruder's using the German. He's like, like what do you see? Snake in a tree, and you see a gunshot. Boom, deceased. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Mister Dwyer, just or Arthur, just picking up snake basically. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I did notice, I never noticed this before, but when I watched the uh, Red Letter Media review of Bone Tomahawk. Um, one of the things I think it was uh, I think it was I don't think it was Jay that brought this up but anyway he was basically saying that there's great progression because it's there it's a journey from the town of um, Bright Hope Bright Hope to the caves yeah and you notice that it's like it goes oh they're at Bright Hope they set off their journey it's all green backgrounds luscious you know sort of representing like civilization and stuff it's like a bit that. greener yeah and, then, and then it just gets like red like brown like fluff uh, flats and plains are grazing then it gets to red red rocks and then it's like really rocky dry ground and I never noticed that until I watched the uh, their review of it and now I have I was like wow the cinematography in this was really good it was yeah. it was good because it actually showed progression of the journey well there's one bit about which I thought was quite good as well like um, was the scene with when they get attacked in the night and 
like Bruno actually gets stabbed, and then they manage to they don't manage to get you know, the man, the people that robbed them. They get with the two horses, and then he's like, "Where's Saucy?" And she's like, no, "They wouldn't take Saucy. Saucy's too smart. She's loyal." And then he just you just like uh, you don't see Saucy up until he goes to walk up. You hear water. like a sort of name Winnie noise, and it's yeah, like he's like, hey, "There's Saucy." And then wasn't it Chicory that says too loyal or something like that? One of the characters. I, I says don't think so. I just I, like I, it's just another part to sort of try and humanize Bruder mm. a bit more because he goes up like well up like thank you for your service. I mean, you see all like yeah, that them. The three of them just looking at Bruno. I just wish the horse wasn't called Saucy. Right, it's the great name for a horse. Not when it's like supposed to be really sad that the horse has been like you know mad yeah. and tortured. Because then, like he goes back and one of the characters like sorry about Saucy, and it sounds like they're talking about like a prostitute or something. Yeah, I suppose. Like it doesn't feel like a a horse, and I I couldn't be that sad about it because mm. the horse is well, called Saucy <laughs> I don't know maybe it's the film's attempt to sort of semi-lighten the mood for what was to come um but like so yeah they get ambushed in the night yeah, all the horses get taken yeah. so then they're, they're now, now just walking yeah which for Maguire no not good no and his leg just gets worse and worse throughout the film yeah because it was like Mrs. O'Dwyer was being like you need to keep that leg up and it was, yeah. well, it was just he was trying to put um something on the roof fell off and then you just see like his legs slowly deteriorate and just get worse and worse to the point where it was almost going to get cut off for gangrene but he's like you're not doing it Molly you do it and then that scene where where um, Hunt is like okay Chicory you need to fix his leg and Chicory's like okay you hold him down Cher pulls him down on his shoulders and then you see Chicory gets his doctor's bag and the first thing he takes out is the is the saw after, right, after right. giving O'Dwyer the drug, the the the, the painkiller. Sorry, opium. Uh, what's T- it opium? Tincture of opium. Oh, okay, tincture of opium. Um, and then he he's like holds it in his hand, and you just see Hunt. And the thing that's great is that no words were spoken, but you know that Hunt, Kurt Russell, was just going like giving yeah. a look of no, we said we're not. Yeah. And then Chicory just goes okay, puts it down, and then takes out the hammer. Yeah, that same scene made me cringe, and it was cut just perfectly. If you ask me. Yeah, because you don't get like you don't get your big man to go. That's for later. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it's good because it was shot in a perspective. If you look at back at that scene, the perspective of the camera was it what was in O'Dwyer's point of view, sort of. Mm-hmm. It was like right just behind his shoulder. Yeah. Got the same eye height as him, so it's sort of like the same. It's a first person shot from his perspective. Yeah. So the cut of him getting hit. Is almost as if yeah, mixture of the drug, the pain, sudden sharp pain, he's out. Yeah. Which then that happens, he just you you next cuts back to him and he's he's completely out of it. Yeah. <coughs> and they just get up and leave. <laughs> yeah, they're just like yeah, see you later. Yeah, like, okay, our job's done. Okay. I, but I, again, like, cause I always thought about that. I think, well, they're just gonna ditch him, and then he's like, okay, they're kind of running on a timer, considering the sort of they haven't got a choice. Well, I see, they take care of his leg, and then you don't actually see them till it like it's dusk. So they were there a bit longer. They could have yeah. just immediately leave. Yeah, they were like, okay, got the chair, okay, and then take off. Cause Make sure he's nice and unconscious, and then leave him to die. Yeah, pretty much. But we'll leave him rocks, it's fine. <coughs> we'll leave him four rocks so he can fall with four rocks. But I don't even that's the one thing with the film where I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah. They're kind of like, you can't just assume you're going to walk in the exact same straight line as yeah. them. And it's just like, what's the sign? Oh, it's just four rocks. And it's yeah. like, what? And they they cl- they did pass. I know they're in a rocky environment at the end, but they also passed visible planes. Like 
Yeah, there could have been no rocks around. Yeah, but it's like, um, yeah, one thing I also noticed as well, like that could just be a thing of the fact that this was um, apparently the script and screenplay. This was the first draft. They didn't reshoot, they didn't re-edit anything. This was the first draft. Yeah. Which, as the miracle stands out as well as it does, on like the first draft. Because yeah. um, I don't know, I can't think of a lot. Of stuff. I feel like a lot of stuff just goes through re-edits and stuff. This was like straight up. Nope, we do it. We do it now. Yeah. Um, I think it worked pretty well for the most part. So then they got to the burial ground. It was just uh, Hunt, Bruder, and uh, Chicory. Yeah, because just the, the, arrived uh, at the troglodyte cave. Cave burial ground. It was sort of it looked it looked did look similar to the, the place at the beginning of the film. So I think it was. Well, it was all shot like it was all shot like the Paramount Ranch. Yeah. So a lot of stuff's gonna look relatively similar. I mean, fortunately, it's like dustland, so. I'm pretty sure I did. I, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure the 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 um the town at the what's the town called again? Bright Hope. Bright Hope, where it shot. You said the Universal Ranch. Yeah, Universal Paramount Ranch. Bright yeah, Paramount Ranch. I'm pretty sure that's the same the place they shot Tombstone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, that's a poor bit of a for Kurt. Yeah, I might I might need some <laughs> clarification on that. But I okay, don't really talk much about Hunt as a character who's basically shot as like the protagonist on the front of the box and Kurt Russell for God's sake yeah um like you know he's kind of like I feel like um Hunt's kind of like the sort of stereotypical like sort of well not really I think he's a bit I think he's a bit more layered I remember watching the first time I thought he was a little bit flat and then watched mm. it again with this sort of mind that okay no like so I always think about the stuff where it's like he goes to inform Arthur Rodwire or like after he finds out everyone's been kidnapped he's like he's like I gotta go tell him and then he's like properly slams the chair like it, you don't get like a big punch of something he just slams the chair on the way out goes to tell Mr. O'Dwyer and then goes back to his wife like his wife asks him but like, he's like Franklin promise me you'll come back he says goodbye to her doesn't, but doesn't respond to her when she tells him to come back and like the thing I got from him through the movie is that he does keep he's like he's a big thing on keeping his promises like, there's a bit where like um Chickory is the official opinion of the back of deputy that he should be that uh, it's not a sheriff's job to put down the rocks like yeah but I told him I'd do it yeah. like it's he's a man of his word and it's the sole reason he didn't promise his wife that mm. I can't promise you that I'm coming back yeah because he doesn't want to break his word because that's his like thing yeah it's, I never noticed that actually and, so, and he says to Edward I promise you we're going to get your wife I mean he, said, he also says to Dick that I promise you the cavalry's coming that even turns out to be true yeah <laughs> Um, and then he just says, it's funny because Chicory's like, why? He's like, like, we've got a backup plan? He's just like, I can't wait, I was like, that's just what I'd like to hear. And then you get that quote of like, when, like, he's getting his by the that he's just here, Chicory going, probably, you'll be a man, Sheriff, you'll be a man. Thank you. Uh, and, um, but, um, yeah, and that, like, I just kind of feel like, like, Franklin, like, big man, like, he likes things man of his work, and he does feel like he is responsible I mean because the whole thing boils down to the fact that, like and they bring it up a lot like if he hadn't shot him the leg um body and leg at the start then there's a chance it might not have turned out the way it mm. did but even then when they're when they're confronting him about it it's just like um so like I don't know if this would have gone either way I don't know if if, uh, if Bruno had shot those victims it would have turned out better or worse but we're here now and we have to deal with it so yeah. he's, he's kind of like he's on a straight level and wants to get stuff done and I think that kind of makes him good as a sort of driving force in the leader of the pack. I like that he was a passive protagonist. Yeah, he wasn't like the sort of main focus. He was kind of like... No, not the main focus. A passive protagonist is that things happen to them, whereas an active protagonist goes out and finds it. Yeah. So, like, if it was from the point of view of the trouble, then, 
to yeah. be an actor protagonist because there's the ones who went out and kidnapped and that. Yeah. But Hunt's a passive protagonist because, like, he gets told by Chicory to go investigate this man. He's like, okay, I'll deal with that, I'll do that. Yeah. Like, things happened to him. Chicory came up and was like, this man's suspicious. People got kidnapped. He had to go after them. Like, he yeah. doesn't ever choose to go do it, it's it the stuff that happens to him, yeah, and, and he, he has to, to do it. He reacts to things, yeah. yeah, which I think he's great at. And yeah. I, I don't think I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of films that do it as an instance, but I can't think of quite a lot of films that come to mind right now that sort of do it. Um, do what? Path of I'm, I'm sure there's a loads. Um, a new hope. Oh yeah, so it does. Good example of a path of. <laughs> Whereas in like Return of the Jedi, he becomes an active protagonist. Yeah, because like it is. Yeah, you're right. Because totally, that's just stuff happening. Like, where do these droids come from? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go bolt the Death Star yeah. and find my daddy. And what? Find my daddy. Find my daddy. <laughs> Gotta go find my daddy on the Death Star. <laughs> I mean, he was born on a ranch. Could you imagine if Luke Skywalker had like a sort of sudden drawl? Because he was a farmhand. Yes. I thought you were going to say, can you imagine if Troglodytes showed up in Star Wars and you know? Oh, I thought you were going to say. Oh, they're completely different. Well, that's so. what sad people are. <laughs> <laughs> the sad people with Troglodytes. <laughs> like, Hunt and Chicken were like, hey, Troglodytes, what do you want? And they were just like, I want my dairy. <laughs> I've watched that with shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get captured. Well, yeah, well... That's jumping ahead a bit too much. So, um, there's there's definitely a fight. They get a fight. Baru loses his hand. Yes. Like pretty much like it's yeah. very quick again again like replicating the the first death of the film. Quick ones. Very Hands quick. Fast. Like it's very quick. Mm. Like I <laughs> I had to look really carefully, and I only noticed afterwards. I was like, oh, his hand's gone, and I was just like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. Well, I just thought, I was like, did he lose his hand? The first time I watched it, like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> just out, just blurred, just in the front, in the foreground. Yeah. Well, it's like, and again, another thing that speaks to Bruder as a person, he's kind of like, uh, I'm all over as a cripple, I'm too proud for that. <laughs> yeah. Also, how the hell does he keep track of how many Indians he killed? I don't know. 116. You would not be able to keep track of that, unless he's no. doing, like, you know... Like keeping track of it on like a gun or something. Or yeah, like, mentally. Like a bedpost. Like he's got a like he, It's not women he's like slept with, or men as well, you know, secretly gay. Yeah. It's like, it's like 160 marks. Yeah. What are they for? It's like, oh yeah, it's all, all people killed. Yeah, I mean, he had a strong hatred towards them. Maybe that was, maybe he just mentally did just hate I mean, I, I did it from hate. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um,. Oh, that, that's another thing. Like he's lo- he loves to boast. He loves to brag. Very boisterous. Like, um, and again, he thinks he's better than everyone. Like, I love that clip from when they're they're having their first argument, where Checker's like, "You can't speak to Sheriff like that," and he's just like, "He's like, I'm the most intelligent man here, and I intend to keep us alive." And um, he's like, "You're dead man. Is that a fact?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, you're a widow, and uh, those two are married, and smart men don't get married." And then he doesn't even have a response. He's like, "Secretly gay." Yeah. <laughs> he can't get married. So he puts up the intelligence as a front. <laughs> and then he gets discovered that yeah, I was just big dumb them all along. <laughs> um and then Oh Bruder holds them off. Yeah, Bruder, well, and, and and tells Hunt and Chickory to run, basically. 
They give them dynamite. Does the dynamite get used at all? No. No. So I was a red herring. I thought yeah. I, was, I thought I would have got used because I was thinking about it. I was like, well, do you think they actually use the dynamite? Well, when he asked for it, I was like, how are you going to light it? Yeah, I was like, to be fair, he's got a repeater. How do you, how do you do the repeater? Because they leave a bit with the trombone, it doesn't know how to reload. Well, it's like the trigger, but you pull it down so you can like sort of brace it on something and do it. Yeah. You don't need two hands for it. Okay, that makes a bit you more sense. You need to probably two hands for the revolver. Yeah. That's why they gave him the right. So then, so we get to when they get captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and Hun just that capture scene even made me uncomfortable. What? What the bit where Hun just gets the the, the weapon in his mouth? No, no. <laughs> if you look closely, they ain't weapons. They're bones. Yeah. By the way, like the title of the movie. Yeah. We, we all saw that. Okay. Yeah. Like it's and it's not and it's not just it's. Forcibly inserted, like Kurt Russell yeah, even that. looks visibly distressed. Well, he, you reckon that was Adler where he was just like, ah, uh oh, oh, oh no. I don't think <laughs> no, that the, the uh, troglodyte actor Adler shoving something Kurt Russell's mouth. No, I, I don't believe that. I think that <laughs> that'd be a quick cut. That'd be a quick, immediately fired from the film. Yeah, yeah. I think that was most likely. Goyer basically being like, let's make this a bit weird. Let's make the audience a bit more uncomfortable. Cameron Kurtz back in the teeth. <laughs> but yeah, they get captured and they're, and they're taken up to the troglodyte cave. Which is like, it's just one camera shot for like most of that bit where you just get the whole It's room. the same shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's off the cave. Pretty much, pretty much most of the time. Yeah. And then they're put into, um... They get put in cells and then you, you get to see, um, Deputy Nick who ain't doing so good. Let's yeah. talk about uh, Let's yeah, talk about those, brave, yeah, brave Deputy Nick. Before we get there, just they're put in the cell. Mm. Opposite them is Deputy Nick. still alive. You find out that the guy named Buddy was, was killed. eaten. I think about him. Yeah, they eat David Arquette. Yeah. Um, and then the infamous scene happened. Well, this is the one that like now the thing is though, should we talk about this or should we just let the viewer if they're what? I, I'm assuming sure, sure the people who are listening to this, they have watched the movie. Like, that, that, if you've watched it, keep listening. If you've not watched it, go watch it. If you're only interested in the scene, go watch that scene. Then come back. Then come back. Yeah. So, like... Go. Yeah. So, we're basically... Welcome back. Are, are they gone? Welcome back. Are they gone? Jesus, thank God they're gone. Yeah. So, like, I've got it written... Because I have, like, I got... I, I've, like, used the notes to, like, scanning, and I have, like, stuff written down that, you know... Like, uh, Chicken wants to, like, lead in both. Yeah. And, like, I've literally got this written down as Nick gets fatalityed by troglodytes. Yeah. Because, basically, what they do is they scalp him in front of, uh... Oh, no, no, no. First, they strip him naked. Yeah, they strip yeah. him naked. They then scalp him, uh, in front of, uh, in front of the sheriff, who says that the camera's coming, we're gonna get you back. And he's just, like, seeing this, and you just see him slowly get, like, this is getting worse and worse. Scalp him. Scalp him while he's like screaming. Yeah. Take out his scalp. Scalp sh- 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 his mouth. Knock it with a hammer, and then turn him upside down and basically. It's not a hammer. They like drive a thing into his mouth to keep the. the yeah, they, scalp they, they, they drive away. I thought they, they knocked it in with a hammer. They just no, no, no. So, 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 so you know how they had the. Uh, no, the I noticed the bolts for the cells, but they hammer it in. I mean. They with their hand. Yeah. Yeah. They just like oh they they stick it in his mouth. He's like oh, and then they stick the thing in and they just go doof. Yeah. And then they basically turn him upside down. Turn him upside down, butt facing the uh, sheriff, and then just basically they hack at his genitalia area. Set with the taint. Yes, several <laughs> times. 
several times, which is like disturbing enough as it is. This is apparently a ritual of these troglodytes. They do this to all their victims because it's apparently like the way they eat. Where do you get that from? Uh, one, I think it was the professor earlier said they have weird cannibalistic rituals and stuff like that. I thought you said they ate their own mothers. Well, I swear I picked it up unless I, I, I might be mistaken, but I definitely a good percentage sure they, one of the characters was like they have a ritualistic way of eating people. I'm pretty sure it was the professor near the beginning of the film. But, yeah. So and then they, they just... Oh, yeah, they just... Rip them in half. They just... One leg, other leg, and just pull. They, and then all got spelled. They before. just peeled the plaster and just... It was nasty. Pulled him either side. I mean, the scene is brutal, but practical st- effects standpoint, very impressive. Oh, yeah, no, there's no CGI in this film. Yeah, practical effects were very impressive. It was very, like... Like disturbingly, what you would imagine it looked like. Yeah, I was watching. I was, I was again. I had to watch it with like my hands over my eyes. I was horrified. I was like, "This is so nasty." Yeah, and I did a similar thing with the throat bit. Yeah, <laughs> later on, uh, and it's not just the viewer that's visibly. Oh yeah, Carlos was like stressed. Carlos was like, "Oh." Well, he didn't say anything. No, he just came out like, what the... Kurt Russell looks defeated. Like, he cannot believe what he has just witnessed in front of him. Because, like, what do you say to that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it was a very... It's definitely the most memorable part of the film. I don't... And I, I think it was. It's, it's the one where people are going to be like, holy shit, what the... F-? And it's the one where like, they, they got this one bit. Um, and then you be- there was that one bit in Drive Across Concrete as well. Yeah, where they just... Oh, yeah, they fish a... Was it the key? Was it only about the bank scene? The bank scene. <laughs> that was oh. hilarious, though. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, like, I thought it was does hilarious. Does Brawl also have, like, one of those scenes? Yes. So it's like a... It's a staple trait. mark of going... Yeah, he, like, he likes... Oh, he likes um, he likes his great house over the top door. But, like, specifically in being, like, there's, like, one scene that's above the rest. Yes. Oh yeah, no, it's that what it's it crunch. Yeah. Let's <laughs> all get crunch. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, and then and then so after that scene happens, it cuts back to O'Dwyer, Mr. O'Dwyer. And then wakes up waking up from his unconscious state. It's at night time and he's like Yeah. And then he gets a, he gets a move on, gets his falls down hell, takes his opium, and he gets a move on. And then we get to Actually, this is one of my favourite lines. It's where they talk about uh, the flea circus. Which is what's going on about the flea circus. I love that. It's great. Because it's just like... Um, it shows the innocence of Chicory. Yeah. Uh, well, even just, in a situation like that, he's still trying to look for... Just things to keep up about. Yeah. So, you know, you know what beats that conversation? What? When Chicory and Hunt are talking about how to read the bathtub. <laughs> I've actually got this written down. I was trying to figure out a way to bring this up. This is perfect. <laughs> Just, yeah, the writing in this of the characters is just great throughout the entire film. Yeah, it's like, um, I just, like, well, like, I feel like that's always the thing with Chicory. It's just like, he just wants to be comfortable reading the bathroom. He's like, he doesn't get it because he always drops the book in. He always ruins the book. Like, Chicory's too wholesome and does not deserve to be in this movie. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but at least he made it out alive with relatively little stuff. The only scope. times I was terrified was when Chicory was in danger. <laughs> Anyone else could die if Chicory died. I was like immediately switching it off. <laughs> Two out of ten, we'll not watch again. <laughs> Two out of ten, I need my Richard Dickens to survive. <laughs> you good boy. Um, 
But like I love the fact that he's like oh so I'm a few here. He's like like and he always has these lovely little remarks about his wife. And you're like, oh, you're too sweet. He's a good person. He's a okay, good boy. Yeah, he's a very good person. His character is very good, and J- Jenkins just owns it. Yeah. As always, he owns. I've never been disappointed in a role, even side roles. Like, look, thinking back to when I first. This saw was it, a side role. I know that, but it was more prominent like the roles that he's had before. Like Shape of Water, after reading stuff like that. Yeah. Well, no, sure, no, this is on the same scale as, like, second second or third... Okay, Step Brothers, then, again. Yeah, Step Brothers. Even Step Brothers, like, thinking back, first yeah. time I saw him, he's definitely... I mean, I would only remember him because of that film for ages. And it would only be when Shape of Water came out, when he first started to become actually prominent as a good side actor. I don't think Shave War was the first time when he was like super prominent. I mean this came out Me time. personally that was the that, that was like first the first time you film. saw him. Yes. Man. Personally the first time I saw him I was like no what he's a very very good actor he's, he's not just a he's great in Burnham he like fancies Francis McDormand. That Conan Brothers film? Yeah. I need to see that. He works in a fitness gym. I've seen all of it. It's worth just seeing Brad Pitt be the most hilarious he's ever been in the movie. Mm. But anyway back to the conversation on point. So um, O'Dwyer start, slowly starts to catch up and then like I, I'm assuming like because he starts like crawling on the ground I'm assuming like I, I'm assuming because he says down opium I'm assuming like he sort of takes a bit of a hit lies down for a bit luckily that saves his ass has a nap <laughs> no I, I don't think he had a nap did he have oh he, he had, had a nap, nap. he had a nap and he put his hat on a rock he had his hat on a rock he was asleep and two drunk t- troglodytes uh, came over and he gets he him off actually woke up and they set the trap oh when did he when he went and nap he put the hat on his head didn't he? Yeah, but I thought that was just him being like, oh. No, like. Or maybe he was leaning on the rock and he, he just slid down. Ready. You don't sleep with your gun in your hand. Like, when you woke up, he would have sort of thought about it for a minute. Because remember, he's a cowboy. He goes and does this sort of stuff often. That's why everyone kept calling him cowboys to reinforce the point that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's doing his work. And so then, yeah, he put his hat on the rock, knowing they would go for his hat, or hoping that they would go for his hat. And then when yeah. they did, he was ready on the draw to get them. Okay. Yeah. And it worked out pretty well, and then we yep. get we get the neck bit, which like it's not the pulling it out that got me, it's the like putting it in your mouth with all like the neck juice all over it. That was his favorite because you get all the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah, like I'm still not sure how the fuck that like because they're embedded in it. Like how the fuck do they make these fucking sounds? He is, he is smart boy is is what we can conclude from that for Fraser and Natalie. Well, Patrick Wilson smart boy. Yes. Because Bridger was almost there. He, like, pressed the guy's stomach in to make the whistle noise. Yeah. And that's kind of the sort of illusion that he's got. This yeah. is going to be brought in later. And then they also... Then you cut back to the, the hunt. We probably missed that, because I think this was before the flea circus thing, is where they figure out they can poison some of them with the opium. Poison yeah, some of the chocolates. Which really work out. Yeah, two of them die. Well, two of them... Well, one of them's out. One of them dies. Yeah. One, one of them's had no effect. Yeah, and then they figure it out... Um, they figured out that that was them that did it it was their idea and then Hunt gets kind of pulled out of his cage and gets the shit devil because tries to fight back and then gets the fucking flask shoved in his stomach yeah, yeah and, he, and he, he has he has to hang out with the rest of the movie yeah, so, so, he never pulls that out that's a bit yeah concerning so he gets sl- to, to clarify he gets like a knife one of the troglodytes gets a knife and like like stabs and opens up a bit a chunk of flesh yeah. in around the so I think, I think it was a tomahawk because you see him with that yeah. Like, yeah so they like cut him 
And then basically as revenge, they just stick with the, the flask, which had been boiling on the fire for a good like while at this By point. By accident. Well. By accident. But they just pick it up and shove it right in there. In which that, because he was knocked out at this point, that instantly wakes him up from being knocked out. As it were. Yeah. <laughs> in which he then... Um, well, they try to the top of him, and they... They like, put his foot, the troglodyte, the, the main troglodyte, the leader of the troglodyte. Put his foot, and he's kind of got the gun, and he doesn't quite know how it works. Yeah, because O'Dwyer shows up. But I don't think he has the gun because O'Dwyer has it. I think they just had it from them. No, he had it from them, yeah. Because O'Dwyer showed up. O'Dwyer showed up, and that's why he had the gun, because he was like trying to shoot out the thing, but it wouldn't reload. He didn't know how yeah. the cocking mechanism of the repeater works. He's just slowly going down, you're like, oh shit. Well, because you hear Chipper going, stupid, idiot, don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another reason why it's like Chicory is such a good hunter character because he's, he's a bit simple. He's like because I'm pretty sure wasn't there afterwards you said Shubin doesn't know how it worked. Then the trouble like forced it and the the cocking mechanism came out and you could hear Chicory go, oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like that's just how he it's it's great. Um, Chicory is the Chicory is the best character yeah. in this movie, and that, that's where we start screaming like, "I promise you'll be avenged, sheriff, sheriff, I promise you'll be avenged," because that's what Hub wanted to hear. He was going out, and then, um, and then you get the part where it's like, um, like he yells at O'Dwyer's in here, so then Hub gets shot. Yeah, um, by the trouble like Yeah, right. takes us like half of the troglodyte's foot off. Yeah, after O'Dwyer shoots the Tomahawk, takes the foot and then fucking lops his head off. That's like a that's looks like it was straight from the seventies or eighties because you yeah. just go, um, and then you just have sort of like, and then you sort of come to the end of the movie where like they've got like three left. I like that as well. You get a count roughly of how many's there, yeah. and you can count in your head. Well, Hunt is Hunt is visibly and audibly yeah. dying because well, he has his sort of, lung collapsed and he's breathing is very yeah. Well, you can't hear the yeah, like he's proper gone. He's like you gonna make sure, and then yeah. so they leave him behind with the. Did you want to say something? No, I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to be like, <laughs> I have something. I have something. Sneezes. <laughs> but then there's that great line that is said by Hunt Cherry. Sure. Well, when Hunt is like, I'm going to stay back. Give me the repeater. Yeah. I'm going to push myself up against this rock sitting up. I'm going to hold off the last three so yeah. you guys can escape. Yeah, and it's like uh, the thing he says, like say goodbye, uh, say goodbye to my wife, and I'll say hello to yours, and that's the kind of that, that is. I'm pretty sure that is Franklin's last line in the whole movie, and that's that's yeah. kind of how they end. They leave him in the cave, and then, and then nothing goes. else is said between Chickory and Hunt because they know they just exchange they know. looks, that's, that's what they, and yeah. they just know they go. Yeah, there's a mutual um, respect between them because the line was that is a really good line, like it, yeah. like that is a very memorable line. Yeah. And I really, it was. Just I like it. It was, the, it, was the, it was one of the first things. It was the one. It was like the first quote I wrote down when I went to write quotes. Yeah. And I was kind of like, like the last one of the last lines in the film. It's again just like just hammering the point down for the for the viewers. The the writing in this film of the characters is great. It's, it's great it's, again. Said the best part of the film. Um, and then it's kind of like the end of the movie. You just yeah. kind of see Chickory throw a rock. They escape. You, you. They, they're leaving the cave. Uh, O'Dwyer, Mrs. O'Dwyer, Mr. O'Dwyer, and Chicory all leave the cave. And as they're walking away, there's a. Uh, so you hear a, three gunshots, and that's kind of the illusion yeah. that he got last last three. Yeah. And then Chicory throws the rock down. And the then, rock. Well, he had a rock that he was uh, using to defend Mr. and Mrs. O'Dwyer because all his stuff had gone. 
and Miss Odoir is still obviously injured from his leg wound and has a gun but doesn't know so he's obviously been and Hunt said to him protect these two take them home make sure they get home safe so he's obviously doing it just out of respect and just to honour Sheriff Hunt well that's another point that Chicory that, that's one thing Chick, like I said apart like Franklin doesn't promise why he's coming back Chicory says to his as wife's great I'll see you back here he actually makes it back there well see that's the, the issue I had with the ending is that I, I didn't mind the way it ended but when you think about it more it doesn't actually show them getting back yeah it's um Chicory would maybe get back he'd be fine Mr. Mm. O'Dwyer his his broken leg that's been broke twice now. Yeah. And has also been Got gangrene. through has gangrene, wanted to get an amputated, but he didn't want it. Um Mrs. O'Dwyer has been captured for days, hasn't eaten yeah. in days, and they've got days walk yeah. back there. So it's like it's like it, it I guess it's I guess it was about the image like, oh they got away and did the thing, but like yeah. if you just think about it from a realistic perspective, like they're kind of screwed. All of them are probably dead. Yeah, maybe. But that's the frontier. That's what life was like back then. That's the frontier. Yeah, you get kidnapped by cannibals and then eat them in the caves. Yeah. yeah. Casual life. Yeah. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, over, overall the film was, was very good. Yeah. Surprisingly good. Yeah. I wasn't expecting much. No, and that's the thing, because I had a feeling like... Um, get, same thing with Leverage. You just wanted like, this is really good. I don't know how this person made Van Gogh One... One uh, issue I did have a bit is that you did say earlier that it was a, a first draft. Yeah. There are points in the film which it's very obvious yeah. that it was a first draft. Like, for example, for me, it was the scene... Uh, so, basically, going back to near the beginning of the film, there's the part where uh, Mr. and Mrs. O'Dwyer are talking, and then Mrs. O'Dwyer goes, Oh, could you read that letter? It's like poetry. And she goes, Oh, up to her, yeah. And then... He says, Mr. O'Dwyer is in bed, grabs the letter, and then reads reading out himself. loud to himself. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of cheesy. Also kind of, like, you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen that else somewhere before. Oh, that's, what movie doesn't have someone that, yeah. that got something Quite nice for their significant other, and then it turns out bad thing happens? Mm. Other than that, uh, there was maybe a few other scenes that were sort of yeah, like... A, a few lines here and there that you're a bit like, oh, that's a bit... Mm, not needed or like yeah. no, wasn't quite fit in the flow of the conversation yeah but overall it's fine um but like the thing I got was like the, like this is kind of like a, a plus uh, like I put a question mark next to this where it's like it's kind of like there's not really much of a sort of fleshing out other villains you just know like they're cannibals and bad go get them but they, I, I feel like that's why I put question marks I yeah. it doesn't really need that it, it fits it fits the, the story that they're wanting to tell, but also it's a story that's been told before. Yeah, I've never heard, heard of a film where it's cowboys versus cannibals. Not specifically cannibals, but sort of think of what the cannibals represent. Sort cannibals. Of, forget the fact they eat people. Right. They are sort of a Native American stand-in. They're dressed it's, like them, they look like them, they act like them, they're this sort of foreign tribe who don't speak the same language, who are taking over your land, and the white folk need to go stop them from capturing their white woman. Yeah. If you just take away the cannibal aspect, it's a story that's sort of been done before, and the cannibal aspect and the horror aspect are sort of the new aspects to it. Mm. Well, so it's a bit questionable on like sort of the aspect of like what do they bring to the story? Yeah. And could you have had the 
I just think other way. Yeah, I don't think he's like sort of bringing anything new to the tape. I just kind of thought like it was a very sort of enjoyable film with a yeah. couple of interesting sort of mash, i.e. the horror stuff, which pretty creepy, quite it's unsettling. Quite like I was, impressive. Well. Yeah, I, I always think of the chief coming in and then doing his big sort of roar. And again, aside from the roars were bad. Yeah, they were a bit odd. They were they were not good. The roars, They're, like from the distance where they sounded like coyotes and stuff like that. They that's that's where we're. But you, up close, you're thinking like, big boar chief. Yeah, like no, not even them. Like the moments where after the the troglodytes have knocked out like Hunt and uh, Chicory, and they're, they're like you know they do their roar to like inform. They were just they were just I don't know they were just very sort of like they were as if someone had a a traffic cone and went in it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they, so they, you they, they get more please. effect. Do you need that one more time, please? <gasps> they definitely had Maybe. more effect yeah. when it was like distant. And then you know what the like, fuck is that? Yeah. That sounds like. <laughs> um, and then, well, one of the things that's always said that he, he was trying to go for that he said was a big inspiration for him on uh, like a Q and A. He said like um, like he he kind of got um, he was inspired by like horror films and stuff but he also said like it was because this was he originally wrote a script for a horror movie and I'm like well like let's make this in a sort of western that's how this sort of came about um because he's written western books I think like that might be your best bet to go for that um and they kind of did this he said he was inspired by sort of lost race tales and the, I, I'm not in ta- like I've never really sort of heard that sort of genre of anything really but the example he used was sort of King Sullivan's Minds like sort of the, the Alan Quartermain book like sort of think like find a lost civilization sort of if I was to gather what that meant and then figure out what to do with it so I think he tried to mesh those three westerns lost race and uh king and um properties and I think it worked I think it's I mean I'm not gonna like with this I don't think I want to sort of give scores but like I'd recommend if anything of what we said sounds remotely interesting or if you haven't if you haven't already watched it and you sat us at the end thank you <laughs> um give a watch that's a good watch. Yeah. Uh, next time we'll be doing Royal Civil about Nine, uh, which damn, we told us about. Great movie. Um, We've kind of gone into bits of details in this pilot, but yeah, we'll go into more details. Oh, a lot of this is getting chopped. <laughs> um, yeah. Lots of this is getting chopped. Uh, I might try and rearrange if I can make it sound cohesive. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time for Draft of Concrete. Bye. See you next. Wait, okay, I'll cut bro. this. <laughs> bro, bro, tell the night, man. Bye. Right, bye.